Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. That's Saturday! It's a special All Even with your boy Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud as well as YouTube. So like, share, and subscribe to that. We have a packed show today. There's a lot to get into. NBA action, game two between the Lakers and the Heat in the NBA Finals. We're going to talk about that. Thursday night football between the Jets and the Broncos. Kyrie loses his mind again. We're going to talk a little Yankees. NFL picks and the greatest segment of the planet dummy of the week so let's just jump right into it Thursday night football what a game it was between two lowly teams it was it was hard to watch but we actually still watch this game because we are football fans we love football but it was between the Broncos and the New York Jets Broncos win this game 37 to 28 Brett Ripien makes his debut as the quarterback for the Broncos. He went 19 for 31, 242 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. He's the first quarterback to make his debut, throw three picks, and win the game. Melvin Gordon had a great game on the ground, 23 carries, 107 yards, and two touchdowns. Patrick was a beast, six catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown. Jerry Judy, the rookie, two catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown. They just did enough to win this game. It wasn't an impressive game on either side because, like I said, Ripien did not throw the ball well. The Jets just could not do much. The Jets, Sam Darnold, 23 of 42, 230 yards. He had six carries for 84 yards and a touchdown, 46-yard touchdown. It was impressive. Jamison Crowder, seven catches, 104 yards. You know, the Jets just... They just didn't have enough. They just could not move the ball when they got these turnovers. They settled for so many field goals in this game when they should have had touchdowns. It just goes to show you that this team offensively is just lost. And not to mention, Sam Darnold is hurt. He has a banged up shoulder. So this poor kid in two years has had a rough go at it. This, I don't don't know where they go from here. Because we heard reports saying that If the Jets lost this Thursday night game, Adam Gase would be fired. Well, the Jets lost the game. Adam Gase is still the head coach of this team. So what is there to look forward to if you're the New York Jets? What is there to look forward to if you're a New York Jets fan? Nothing. There's nothing to look forward to. When Le'Veon gets back, who cares? When Sam Darnold gets back, who cares? Because at the end of the day, they still have the dare in the headlights head coach that does not know what he's doing. I can't stand to listen to a Adam Gase press conference. It's a whole bunch of, you know, clickbait stuff. Oh, we're pissed off and we're, you know, we, we have to get better. But you're not getting better. It's actually getting worse. You lost to a team that has no one to throw the football. Brett Ripien is not a good quarterback. Since his first start, you saw the jitters. He made a lot of bad throws. He threw three interceptions straight to you. So that's how you know that this guy is not locating. He's not seeing exactly what the defense is giving him. This was a gimme game for the Jets, and they still lost and still gave up 37 points. You know, Mike Greenberg, he said something funny the other day. He was like, if Trevor Lawrence is smart and he knows that the Jets have the number one pick, He will stay in college for another year because 
you don't want to be the quarterback to come into this situation. You're going to be Sam Darnold all over again. It doesn't matter how much talent you have throwing the football. When you have an incompetent organization like this that they can't put a good team together and they can't recognize a bad coach from a good coach because one of your owners said that he's an offensive genius, Chris Johnson, the owner of this team, present owner anyway because Woody's off doing a make-believe job that somebody gave him. But Chris Johnson said that this guy, Adam Gase, is a genius. <laughs> oh, man. Jet fans, you are in for a long season. That protest that you guys did last week is not going to be enough. You're going to have to protest every week. Every week until Adam Gase is no longer the head coach of this team. This is, it's, it's a sad state of affairs. They don't have much on offense. You now have Sam Donald who's banged up. The offensive line is terrible. You don't have any wide receivers to throw to, although I do like Braxton Berrios. I think that he has some potential. The defense looks terrible. It's, what, what do you have to look forward to? I think right now the Jets are the worst team in football. It's not even close. It's not even close. And them being rewarded with the number one pick, it does nothing for the number one pick. Like, they they have to possibly either trade that pick if they get it or move down and try to accumulate more draft picks and get more assets. Because getting Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields ain't going to stop their bleeding. Ain't going to stop the madness. It's only going to add to it. Because you still have an incompetent head coach and an incompetent owner. Moving on. Because I'm done talking about this team. Breaking news, Cam Newton, quarterback of the New England Patriots, has tested positive for COVID-19. He's going to be out against the Chiefs on Sunday. He's going to have the quarantine for 14 days. Man, this is a big blow to Cam. This is a big blow to the Patriots. I I can't see how he allowed this to happen. You got to be more careful out there, man. You're the quarterback of the New England Patriots. You have to be responsible. You have to make sure that where you're going, you're protecting yourself. A lot of people ain't protecting themselves. That's that's the facts. And when you're paying your quarterback X amount of dollars or you're the starting quarterback of a big-time franchise, a historical franchise, you have to act accordingly. You can't let stuff like this happen. And who are the Patriots going to turn to? Journeyman Brian Hoyer. <laughs> oh, man, the Chiefs, Chiefs going to have a doozy this week. Could you imagine Andy Reid right now? He's preparing for Cam Newton, dual threat quarterback, can make every throw. You know, now you have to prepare for Brian Hoyer. <laughs> Andy Reid must be in his in his office right now just cracking up like, yo, this is going to be a cakewalk. Because once we get up seven, that's it. We don't need to get up a big amount of points because once we get up a touchdown, we are going to send the house at Mr. Journeyman Brian Hoyer because he ain't going to be able to make those throws. He's not going to be able to make those throws under duress. It's going to be a cakewalk for the Chiefs, like I said. Um, but huge, huge news on the NFL front. Cam Newton, he was having such a good season. You know, I don't want this to be a negative thing for him. I hope he can be able to come back and be fine. But Bill Belichick is very strange. Bill Belichick has a tendency to put people in the doghouse, and we have no reason why. So if Cam is in the doghouse, we kind of understand why, because he got COVID and he probably wasn't responsible, and all Bill Belichick really cares about is winning football games. So if you are not responsible off the field and you end up getting COVID and then you cost Bill Belichick a chance to win a football game, he's going to be mad. So I don't know what the end result is going to be for this, but I'm just hoping that Cam can come back from this and, you know, continue the stellar season that he was having. After the break, we're going to talk NBA Finals Game 2 between the Lakers and the Heat. Who won? And the Sixers have a brand new head coach. On a Saturday, it's all even. I am so stressed because I hate my job. Let me guess. 
You're at a dead-end job and find it hard not to press the snooze button? Well, come down to Connecticut School of Broadcasting. We have campuses in Westbury, New York, Boston, Connecticut, New Jersey, North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. Develop your skills in broadcast media that include audio production, television, radio, and sports broadcasting. Learn from industry professionals in a small, intimate class setting for a better experience. The hands-on training is second to none. And if you're worried about what to do after graduation, the Connecticut School of Broadcasting helps you to get job placement. Take it from me. It took me seven years to get here, and it's been the best time of my life. Go to GoCSB.com or dial 1-800-887-2346 for a studio tour. And who knows, maybe you'll be the next media superstar. Welcome back, y'all. Game two of the NBA Finals was last night, and we had a great game. It was a doozy. But who won? I'll tell you who won. Lakers win this game 124-114. LA takes a 2-0 series lead. Anthony Davis was a beast in this game. He had 32 points, 14 rebounds. He just couldn't miss in the third quarter. He really couldn't miss. I think he probably missed about two shots in that whole third quarter. LeBron James finished with 33 points, 9 rebounds, 9 assists, 1 rebound, 1 assist shy of another triple-double. This guy is phenomenal. Rajon Rondo, playoff Rondo, continues his stellar play, 16 points, 10 assists. The Lakers just had it clicking from the opening gate. They never relinquished the lead. They were bit, They were up as much as 21 points in this game, and they put their stamp on this game. They started off a little slow. I thought that they would come out a little bit more aggressive. However, sometimes that happens. When you get news that a star player is not going to play or some key role players are not going to play, there's a letdown. There's a natural letdown. And I saw that in the first quarter. They weren't playing that great. They were turning the ball over a little bit too much. But then they got their footing in that second quarter. They also got that, their footing in the third quarter as well. So you see this team starting to put together great quarters and big stretches. They're starting to gain confidence. I think that they are understanding what they need to do to win this series. For the Miami Heat, listen, Jimmy Butler had 25 points, 8 rebounds, 13 assists. Kelly Olenek, 37 minutes he played last night. He's, he scored 24 points. He had a really good, effective, efficient game. 9 for 16 from the floor, 3 of 7 from 3. He was that X factor that they were looking for, that, that, that extra oomph that maybe they can have and take over into Game 3. Maybe they found something with Kelly Olenek here that they can actually, you know, seize on. But I can guarantee that Frank Vogel is going to look at the tape, see the lack of spacing that they had defensively, and probably over overhelping and correct those issues for Game 3. I can't see the Lakers having a, a bad performance in Game 3, even if they lose. I don't think that they have a terrible performance. But kudos to, to the Miami Heat. They tried last night. They really, really did fight. Tyler Hero had a pretty decent game, 17 points, 7 rebounds. Defensively, Tyler Hero isn't good. And if he's not making shots, it's going to be a liability on both sides of the basketball. Same thing with Duncan Robinson. He he wasn't he wasn't effective last night. Nine points. He had he shot two of seven from three. And he's a defensive liability. The majority of this team are defensive liabilities. This is why they play zone. This is why they can't play man-to-man for long stretches because they will get exposed, they will be in foul trouble early, and they're very small. When you're a small team and you have basically no rim protection, you need to make shots. You need to make little steals here. You have to play zone to try to get the other team to turn the ball over or take a quick shot that they shouldn't have took all because it's there. The Miami Heat, in a nutshell, they have to play perfect basketball. The Lakers, they can get any shot they want to. Same thing like the Celtics series. Eastern Conference Finals, the Celtics got every shot they wanted. It wasn't like Miami did anything spectacular to prevent Boston from getting into their comfort zone. They just didn't make timely shots. They played a lot of ISO basketball. You're not seeing that with the Lakers. 
There's no ISO basketball being played. The ball is being swung. It's being swung a lot. It's being swung to open guys, people making the extra pass. It's causing chaos for the Miami Heat. And Spolster is going to have to get out of that zone. He's going to have to look his players in the face and say, listen, I understand that we are not a great defensive team man-to-man on the ball, but we're going to have to try. Even if we get blown out by 37 points, we have to man up and we have to stop this team. If you saw during the game, Udonis Haslam stood up and gave this team a tongue lash. And he said, listen, you guys have to play. Play like you belong here. Play like you belong in this series. Don't let them intimidate you. Don't have them come in here and think that this series is over. Give them a fight. And that's what they have to do defensively. Although they're not a great defensive team, they have to stand up. They have to defend themselves. They have to fight back. Because if they don't fight back and they continue to rest in that zone, this series will be over in four games. It really will. They're not going to see a five. They're not going to see a six that I predicted. I predicted five or six games. But I can't see that now unless they change things up. On the Lakers side of it, I mean, listen, Anthony Davis and LeBron James, I don't know. I got to do the research to see if there's ever been a co-finals MVP. But this may be the year that they both get it. They're both playing well. They're both playing excellent. If you want to give Anthony Davis the nod, Definitely, because he's had two phenomenal games. He's averaging about 30 points, 10-plus rebounds. He is looking like the finals MVP. But when you look at LeBron's numbers, you're like, man, he's quietly having a triple-double NBA final. He always does this, but sometimes he does it on a losing end. So if he ends up averaging a triple-double for the series... It's, it's going to be hard for them to not give it to him. That's all I'm saying. But, man, I would love to see a co-finals MVP. That would mean so much to this partnership, to this friendship that they've created, that they both bought into trusting the process and, in the end, end up getting rewarded for it with a championship as well as a co-finals MVP. What a story that would be. Turning our attention to offseason news, head coaching offseason news, Philadelphia 76ers have hired their next head coach. It's Doc Rivers. So <laughs> let's, let's just have a timeline here. Clippers fire Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers then immediately hops on a flight to go to Philly to interview for the Sixers job. 24 hours later, Doc Rivers is the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. Here's my thought. I don't hate the move. If you want to hire Doc Rivers, fine. If you think that he's going to be the guy to steer this ship and get you over the hump, okay. But here's my question. Why did you have to make this decision so quickly? The last we heard was Mike D'Antoni was the front runner for this job. Mike D'Antoni is now going to convince James Harden to leave Houston and come to the Philadelphia 76ers. That's the that's the one of the main reasons why Elton Brand wanted to get Mike D'Antoni. Then we also heard a few weeks prior to that that Ty Lue was one of the front runners for this job. But as soon as Doc Rivers is available, he goes ahead and hires Doc Rivers. This is why I said that Philadelphia, the ownership needs to evaluate Elton Brand's job. Elton Brand was the one that put this team together. Elton Brand was the one that signed Al Horford to that awful contract. Elton Brand was the one that thought having this bulky lineup would be effective. Elton Brand was the one that let Monty Williams walk out the door to coach the Suns. He had Monty Williams in the building. And instead of firing Brett Brown then, he extended Brett Brown and let Monty Williams walk. Elton Brand has caused this. So now you're going to allow Elton Brand to make another blunder? Okay. (laughs) And Sixer fans wonder why they can't get over the hump. It's because of incompetent organizational decisions. They always do this to themselves. Doc Rivers, 
has a history of being a coach that doesn't hold his star players accountable. So everybody else feels like they're less than. Which, listen, there's a pecking order in sports. But on a team, you should not feel like you are less than. You are a part of this team. You bring something there. Doc Rivers is not a person that can galvanize his troops and get them together. He hasn't done that since 2008 Celtics. And guess what the difference is? That team had three Hall of Famers that can be able to steer the ship in the locker room on the court without Doc Rivers. They are veterans. They know how to win. They came together and sacrificed to win. Now, granted, I'm not going to take away what Doc Rivers did with that 08 Celtic team. But, but, three Hall of Famers make a difference. Since that time, Doc Rivers has been sputtering. He had Lob City in L.A., They didn't get along. Why? Because preferential treatment. There was a lot of inner turmoil with that team. You had Blake Griffin arguing with Chris Paul. You had DeAndre Jordan not getting along with Chris Paul. All because they did not feel that the head coach could control the situation. This is the problem. Now you have a team and their star player is one of the biggest immature players in the league. How is Doc Rivers going to be able to get fired for that reason in L.A. by not being able to galvanize his troops and keeping it together and making everybody believe that this is one kumbaya movement to now going to Philly to have to deal with that nonsense, to that headache? A guy that doesn't want to do cardio, a guy who doesn't eat well, he just eats garbage and thinks that he can be able to be a top-level NBA player. How are you going to be able to get through to that? Also, Ben Simmons, we don't know what the hell he is. At this stage of his career, he's a great defender. He made all first-team defense. That's where he's hanging his hat on. But offensively, what can Doc do? Doc, Doc is not a motivator. He's not. He's a very good coach, but he's not a motivator. You want Philadelphia to get over the hump? This is a coach... That has never gotten over the hump, except one time with three Hall of Fame players. Think about it. Really think about it. I will say this. I will say this. If this does not work out for Philly, if they don't end up getting over the hump, getting to an NBA final, contending for championships, you will not see Elton Brand hire another head coach. He will be sent back to oblivion where... He belongs. After the break, Kyrie has lost his mind again. On a Saturday, it's all even. Yo, yo, what up? It's your boy DJ G Money representing that Flip the Script podcast. But listen, right now I'm listening. I'm tuned in. I'm tapped in to a brand new podcast called the All Even Podcast with my man Barry Grant. Yo, B, what's up, man? Congrats on the new podcast. I'm listening right now. I'm tuned in. Fire, fire, all even. We here. Let's go. Welcome back, y'all. Kyrie Irving. What can I say? What can I say about Kyrie Irving positively? He's a great basketball player. He's one of the best finishers I've ever seen at the rim. He is a dynamic dribbler. That's it. Those are the only positive things I can say about Kyrie Irving. Because this is a guy that constantly puts his foot in his mouth. And then blames you for being the one to take things out of context. Ten seconds left. One point game. Who's shooting? You you were Kyrie, KD? Depends on who's hot. I don't see it as that as anything other than that. Like one three pick and roll, or it's an ISO for either one of us, or it's something great for our our team. I'm one thing I'm I've always been comfortable with is, you know, I felt like I was the best option on every team I played for, you know, down the stretch. This is the first time in my career where I could look down and be like, that motherfucker can make that shot too. <laughs> Why must it always be brother against brother? Why? If I'm addressing anyone. I'll say their name. Come on, y'all. Don't listen to the false narratives. Let people live their lives. It's just a game. Talk about the art. Talk about the sport. 
You talk openly, you talk freely. But because we live in a click-based society, it becomes something bigger. You don't have to defend it. That's just what media is. It's entertainment. So <laughs> let me get this straight. Let's just let's just use another example. If you are somewhere with your parents and then you guys are having an open conversation with some other people. And I go ahead and say, I've never seen a parent take that time to spend with their kids and really focus on the important things for their schooling or their personal lives. I've never been around that. And your parents are standing right there. Now, you didn't mention them by name, but you don't think that your parents are going to look at that like a shot? Another example. You are in a restaurant with your, your friends, your girlfriend, and everybody's having fun. And your girlfriend cooks you this dish that you're eating at dinner right now all the time. And you say, man, I've never had it this good. I've, you know, I've eaten this thing a lot of times in my life, but I've never had it this well prepared. It's so great. You didn't mention your girlfriend by name, but you don't think that she's going to take it as a shot. And then when she asks you about it, then you say, oh, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You're just overreacting. This is Kyrie Irving. So he says that he's never had a teammate in his NBA career that he can be able to trust with the last shot. Yet he played on the Cleveland Cavaliers with LeBron James for three years. So you didn't mention him by name, but you go ahead and say that you've never had a teammate that you can be able to trust in a clutch situation. Kyrie, that's called a shot. And this is why people look at you like you're a friggin' idiot because you want to get defensive at the media for trying to spin it or call it clickbait. Here's the real situation. That podcast took that clip that you said and put it out there so people can actually hear it and listen to the podcast. So they did their own clickbait. So why are you not mad with them? I know the answer to that. It's because it's Kevin Durant. You don't want to ruffle any feathers with your new teammate. You want to keep things kumbaya. So you're going to say, no, no, no. It's them. They're the ones that did it. Kyrie, we know your song and dance already. You are one of those guys that will read the back of a book and then tell me that read the book about the book. And then when I tell you, well, nah, that's not really what happened. That's, I read the book. No, no, no. You don't know what you're talking about. You need to do more research. (laughs) Oh, my God. So what does LeBron James do? This is what he does. LeBron, I know you referenced stepbrothers the other night in relation to Anthony, but I wanted to know maybe on a more serious note, the the common ground that you guys may share or have shared that allowed the relationship to flourish. And if there's any way that, you know, he has an influence on you on the basketball court. Um, We... We're not jealous of each other. I think that's the the best thing. In professional sports, you have guys that join forces to, you know, call them alpha males. That's what they call them. Two guys that's been dominant in a specific sport on their own respective teams. And they get together and they talk about, okay, how dominant they can be. And they talk about this is going to be this and that. Um, I believe jealousy creeps in a lot. And uh, that is the absolute contrary of what we are. We know who we are. We know what we're about. And we want the best, seriously, every single day, both on and off the floor for one another. We're just not, we're not jealous of one another. And I think that you align that with respect. I don't think, um, I think the sky's the limit. Ouch. So you honestly thought that you were going to be able to say something like that 
without anybody having a reaction and then just be fine with it? LeBron James proved what I've been saying for a long time about Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is a self-centered athlete. There's a lot of athletes that are like this. Sometimes you need to be a little self-centered to be great. It's not a knock. However, it is a character flaw for him. Not for anybody else, for Kyrie Irving. When Kyrie Irving got drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers, Kyrie Irving had a great rookie season. They didn't play well, and they were back in the lottery. They then ended up drafting Deion Waiters. Deion Waiters was the number four pick in that draft coming out of Syracuse. They called him Baby Dwayne Wade. He had that type of game. He was very dynamic. Kyrie and Deion Waiters did not get along. Why? Because Kyrie thought that Deion Waiters shot the ball way too much. And it took away from his particular scoring opportunities. So what ended up happening? LeBron James comes back home to Cleveland. Deion Waiters is there. But Deion Waiters doesn't stay very long. Kyrie Irving has always had an issue gelling with certain teammates. Jealousy is the root of Kyrie Irving's shortcomings. Jealousy. I think that I'm better than LeBron James. I think that I am better than anybody else on this team. I deserve to be top billing. You don't need to have LeBron James come back to Cleveland. I can be the savior of Cleveland. That's how Kyrie Irving thinks. And when LeBron came there, they won a championship, and LeBron is thinking, listen, this kid is going to be the next big thing. We're going to win a couple more titles. Then I can be able to leave, and my legacy in Cleveland will be stamped. I don't have to worry about it because I left it in good hands. But what ended up happening? Kyrie Irving was so consumed with jealousy, so consumed with his own ego, that he decided to leave town. He left the Cleveland Cavaliers high and dry, and he went to Boston. And everything was hunky-dory in Boston until the ego kicked in. Oh, well, you guys are playing bad. I'm not playing bad. I know how to win. You guys have to follow me. He gets injured. Celtics end up in the Eastern Conference Finals and lose in Game 7. So they're looking at you like, well, if you're supposed to be this great guy and we need you, then how are we one game away from getting to the NBA Finals without you? This is where things started to take a drastic turn for the worse in Boston. That last season that Kyrie was there, you can see it. You can feel the energy. You can see the body language on the court. They hated playing with this guy. Even Jason Tatum, as talented as he was, he just wasn't playing well. Jalen Brown just wasn't playing well. Marcus Smart wasn't playing well. You had Terry Rozier wasn't playing well. And you heard Terry Rozier say, well, you know, it's really unfortunate that our rotations are different when, you know, there's a lot of guys that have proven themselves last year and the year before that. So now you're starting to hear, we don't need this guy here because he don't make anybody better. He's a selfish basketball player. That's what Kyrie Irving is. Case in point, he now comes to Brooklyn, and he's playing. Karis LeVert is struggling. Spencer Dinwiddie is struggling. The Nets don't look good. And then all of a sudden, he gets hurt again, and the Nets take off. Spencer Dinwiddie has a career year. Karis LeVert is finding his range. Everything is hunky-dory. This is the Kyrie Irving effect. If you let him speak too long, you're going to hate him. If you let him play too long with your young players, they're going to hate him. If you let him talk to your coaches, they're going to end up hating him. <laughs> he said, and I, I'm still stunned by this, that, oh, we don't really have a head coach. I can be a head coach. Kevin Durant can take over as head coach for a game. Like we have so many people that can be the head coach on this team. What? I've never heard of that. I know the person that has the banner and the title of head coach. That's the head coach. And Steve Nash just got hired. 
<laughs> oh my God. Kyrie Irving, the guy who thinks the earth is flat. Kyrie Irving. I don't understand why anybody continues to put a mic in front of Kyrie Irving because he's he's not interesting. He's just, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. But here's the other part that I hate about Kyrie Irving. He's passive aggressive. If you're going to make a statement like that on a podcast because everybody wants to speak freely and it's, it's a creative environment and blah, 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 own it. Say it. Yo, honestly, I think I was the best. That's an opinion. You have a right to your opinion. But to say that you've never played with somebody that you can be able to trust until now, put a name behind it. Because you've played with a lot of good players, but you've played with one guy that possibly is considered the greatest of all time. Put a name behind it. Say, yo, honestly, I think Kevin Durant is more clutch than LeBron, and I trust Kevin Durant in those situations. I would respect you more if you did that. But no, 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 no. You take the passive-aggressive route, and then you want to blame us. Oh, no, no. You guys are the problem. You're the reason why this thing is going all crazy. No, 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 Kyrie. You're the problem, and you've always been the problem. And this is why the teams that have you on it don't win unless it has LeBron James attached to it. Newsflash. The Cavs were terrible when Kyrie Irving was there until LeBron James got there. Then they got good. The Celtics were an up-and-coming team. When you got there, they were supposed to get over the hump. They got worse until you got hurt. And then when you left, they were in the Eastern Conference Finals again. So, is there a trend here? Yeah, there is. You are one of those players that you will never win a championship again. Because if you're the lead dog, if you're the guy that the team is supposed to turn to, they're doomed. They're doomed. Because you are aloof. You are somebody that cannot be trusted to galvanize a team. You are not a team builder. You do not make players any better. That's Kyrie Irving. He's a great basketball player. I am not going to disrespect him that way. But in regards to being a great teammate, he is not. In regards to being a real point guard, he is not. You know, I would love to know the teams that were... Reaching out to Kyrie Irving last summer in regards to vying for his services. Because we all know that he signed with the Nets. But was there any other team that actually wanted Kyrie Irving? I'm just curious. I could be wrong. but I, I don't remember any. Why? Because they understand the headache that comes with Kyrie Irving. They understand what he brings. He's a great basketball player. But he's one of those guys that if you have him on your team, you might as well just forget about pursuing championships. It's all about ticket sales. It's all about making the Sports Center highlight because you know he's going to drop somebody or have a nice play. But in regards to a team feeling great about themselves, trying to build chemistry, build a bond, this is not somebody that you want on your basketball team. If I was a teammate of Kyrie Irving's, I would punch him in the face. I really would, because that's the type of vibe that he gives you. He is a smart guy that thinks he's a genius. <laughs> that's a dangerous concept. Dangerous combination. You can be smart, but when you think that you know everything, in hindsight, you know nothing. The Brooklyn Nets are going to be a great team next year. And if they don't get to an Easter Conference Finals or an NBA Finals and possibly win... The person that you have to blame will be Kyrie Irving. And I'm putting a name behind it. And I'm sticking to it. After the break, I'm going to talk nice about the Yankees for about 30 seconds. And then my NFL picks on a Saturday. It's all even.
can't believe this is happening again. I'm sick and tired of this car. We have all been there, stuck on the road with people to see and places to go, so your radiator is busted. No problem. A to Z Auto can have you back on the road in no time. I took my car to A to Z, had a nice cold beverage, and was out of there before I knew it. 42 years of service, you can bet that not only do they take care of your car, but they take care of you. Custom work, nobody does it better. Bob is knowledgeable and can diagnose the problem in a matter of minutes. From his five-star reviews to the testimonials of customers' experiences, A to Z Auto is top-notch. Located at 1048 Hortons Lane in South Hole, New York. Ask for Bob and let him handle the rest. For a free quote, call 631-765-6849 and never get stuck in the heat again. Welcome back, y'all. So, I gotta give props where props is due. The New York Yankees are in the ALDS, and they're going to face the Tampa Rays, and winner goes to the ALCS. I think the Yankees have a great chance at winning this this series, and I want to see the Yankees play the Dodgers in the World Series. These two teams, to me, in my opinion, are the two best teams in baseball. The Yankees have had a rough season. They've had a myriad of injuries, just like last year. But because of this unique situation that we have, 60 games, they didn't have a long time to figure this out. So they had to make sure that they played well. They won a bunch of games down the stretch. They got into the playoffs. So kudos to them. I like Garrett Cole. I think he's the second best pitcher in New York behind Mr. DeGromination. Uh, The Yankees, they need to get this done. They have to get to a World Series to justify this team this unit this roster this coach everything they have to get to a world series and if they go against the dodgers i really believe that although we've gotten this shortened abbreviated season for baseball that it had its moments in regards to excitement but it wasn't normal baseball for me i believe that we may be in store for a classic World Series, classic World Series between the Yankees and the Dodgers, if it happens. That's all I got for the Yankees. (laughs) Turning my attention to my NFL picks. Last week, what did I go? I went 9-5, 9-5-1, if you want to call that, that tie. So, we're still looking good, we're still winning, we're still grooving, So let's get to these picks. First game we have is going to be the Browns at Cowboys. Browns are 2-1. They've won two in a row. They look great. Cowboys are coming off a big loss to Seattle. I have the Cowboys winning this game 35-27. I think Dak Prescott comes out early. He comes out swinging. I think the Dallas Cowboys actually get a groove and they get a groove early. Something that we haven't experienced in the last year and change. Although the Cowboys defense is struggling, I just believe that Baker Mayfield is not a good quarterback. So he's going to give it up, give it up smoothly, give it up without a fight. And this is going to be a dominating game for the Cowboys. Next game we have on the list is going to be Jaguars at Bengals. Jaguars are 1-2. and two. Bengals had that tie with the Eagles last week. Like I said, Joe Burrow looks good. This is Joe Burrow against Gardner Minshew. And who do I have in this game? I have the Jaguars winning this game in a tight one. I got them winning 20-17. to Gardner Minshew throws a couple touchdowns. Joe Burrow has a good game. I think he struggles a little bit here, but I do think that he still has that moxie. He still is going to have that poise in this game, and he's going to have them in a position to possibly win it, but they will fall short. Next game we have on the list is the New Orleans Saints against the Detroit Lions. Saints are 1-2. Lions are 1-2. I have the Saints winning this game 32-20. to I think the Saints, you know, they figure it out. They played well against Green Bay. Drew Brees looked great, and they figure it out against the Lions. The Lions, they're, they're, they're not a bad team. I'm not going to say that they're awful, but they're not going to beat the Saints this week. Next game we have is the Seahawks against the Dolphins. Seahawks are 3-0. They're riding high. Dolphins are looking decent. Fitzpatrick had a good week last week. However, Seahawks win this game 35-24. to 
it's just going to be another Russell Wilson invitational. I believe that he continues his stellar play. The Dolphins are not going to have enough. Although the Seahawks offensive line is trash, Dolphins are not going to be able to get Russell Wilson to the ground. And this is going to be the deciding factor of the game because the defense will break down and he's going to have some chances over the top to get some big plays to either lock it or DK Metcalf downfield. Next game we have is the Chargers at Buccaneers. Chargers and Justin Herbert against Tampa Bay. Tom Brady in the bunch. This is going to be an interesting game. I see that Fournette is going to be out for this game, so it's going to be a lot of Ronald Jones. I have the Buccaneers winning this game, and they win this game handily. 28-20. to Tom Brady has a virtuoso. He throws for three touchdowns, 300 yards. On the other hand, for the Chargers, I believe that Justin Herbert will struggle a little bit with this Tampa Bay team. He's a good young quarterback, but they're going to have their growing pains with him. And honestly, that's okay. That's a part of the business. That's a part of the maturation process for a young quarterback. Next game we have is the Baltimore Ravens against the Washington football team. Ravens are coming off a tough loss to the Chiefs. Lamar Jackson looked awful. He looked out of sync. He's going to get back into a rhythm against this Washington football team. They're not very good. He's going to be able to throw the ball, throw the ball often. He's going to throw the ball over the top. They're going to have a lot of big plays. He's going to rush for a lot of yards. Chase Young for the Washington football team. I think he's questionable, and we'll see what happens on the offensive end. But I think that Baltimore wins this big 40-20. to They have a nice bounce-back game from that horrible Monday night football loss, and all is well in Baltimore. Next game we have is going to be the Cardinals at Panthers. Cardinals are 2-1, Panthers are 1-2. Kyler Murray did not look great his last game. However, he's going to get right against this team. Cardinals win this game 30-20. He ends up having a decent game. I think he throws for two touchdowns. He rushes for one. Panthers, they're just not going to get it going. Teddy Bridgewater, as good as he is, this offense just, they're still trying to find themselves. And with no McCaffrey, it's going to be very difficult for them to find a rhythm. The Cardinals are going to beat them down. They're going to beat them down often. It's going to be a massacre at the line of scrimmage. You know, that offensive line for the Panthers, they're not going to be able to hold up. They are in for a beating. Next game we have is going to be the Vikings at Texans. I'm calling this the Dumpster Fire Bowl. These are two 0-3 teams. Both teams are searching for an identity. And somebody has to win this game, right? So I have to pick one. I got the Texans winning this game 27-20. I think that Deshaun Watson has a good game. He has to. He has to because they really don't have much more. I do think that David Johnson can be able to get into the end zone. They have to get him more involved into the passing game as well. For the Vikings, it's, it's a rough go at it. You know, Dalvin Cook is a great dynamic back. Adam Thielen. But Kirk Cousins doesn't look that great. And if they can't get him to look even decent, they're in for a long season. And this is probably what's going to happen. Next game we have on the list is going to be the Giants at the LA Rams. Rams win this game in a blowout 45-17. to It might not even be that close. <laughs> I think Jared Goff goes off. There's nothing that the Giants can do. Sadly, Daniel Jones is not a good quarterback. He's very inaccurate. You know, he's a turnover machine. They don't have a running game. The offensive line looks bad. They don't have any skill positions in regards to receivers. It's just going to be a complete after-school type of beatdown for the Giants. You know, they're in a they're in a transition season, but, man, it, it's it's tough to watch. It's, it's beatings every week for this team. Next game we have is going to be the Colts at Bears. Colts are 2-1-1. Bears are 3-0. They now have Nick Foles at the helm. And who wins this game, in my opinion? I honestly got the Colts winning this game. I got the Colts winning 27-24. to It's going to be a tight-knit game. I like this Colts team. I think their offensive line is one of the best in football. They have a great young rookie, Jonathan Taylor. They have it all. They can possibly make a good run in the AFC and make a deep run into the playoffs, possibly. But I do have them winning this game. The Bears, listen, they're, they're a good defense, but they don't have much offensively. David Montgomery, they have to get him going. If they can find a way to get him in space and make him dominate, then they can be able to build on that and grow as a football team offensively. But until they show that they can be able to create some type of dynamic on this offense, 
it's just going to be defense or bust for this team. Next game we have is going to be the Bills at Raiders. Bills are 3-0. They look great. Josh Allen has been phenomenal to start this season. He is second in my MVP votes behind Russell Wilson. I think that the Bills win this game 30-27. It's definitely going to be a great game. I like both quarterbacks. Derek Carr, he has proven himself over last season and through three games this season. Derek Carr is a, is a good quarterback. However, they don't win this game. It's going to be a struggle for them. The Bills have a great defense. They have a great offense. They have it together. The Bills are the toast of the AFC East. This is probably going to be the next dominant team in this division. They have everything working. Everything is in sync. Owner, head coach, quarterback. When you have that combination, that three-headed monster, nine times out of ten, you're going to have total success. Next game we have is going to be the Eagles at the 49ers. Eagles are 0-2-1. 49ers are 2-1. 49ers beat the hell out of the Eagles because they have a terrible quarterback over there. 49ers win this game 35-19. It's not even close. Something's wrong with Carson Wentz. I've been saying it for weeks. I don't think that he's the guy. He may have a confidence issue that they have to address. Or maybe they need to change the head coach. I have no idea, but when you look at this team, they don't have much talent. They don't have good wide receivers, but they do have a great running back. I like Sanders, but he's just on the wrong team. He's on a bad team. It's, it's going to be a struggle. For the 49ers, listen, they still have some injuries that they have to deal with. George Kittle is back. That's going to help them a great deal, especially on the offensive line, especially at third down. He's going to be a good possession receiver for that. So they're going to have some stability back, which is a good thing for the 49ers. And I think that they win this game easily. For the Monday night football game between the Falcons and Packers, Packers are going to bludgeon the Falcons. <laughs> I have the Falcons losing this game. 35-14, to 14, I think Aaron Rodgers continues his stellar play. Three touchdowns, 325 yards, no picks, because that's what Aaron Rodgers does. He plays perfect football. On the other side of it, they have nothing. They have an aging quarterback, they have a bad head coach, and they have Julio Jones. That's it. They have a lot of things to change. They need to fire this coach. They need to move in a different direction, and they have to do it quickly. That is it for my NFL picks for week four. I'm sure I'm going to do great because I've done great the first three weeks. So it's just going to continue and continue and continue. So coming up after the break, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week, on a Saturday. It's all even. This is a public service announcement. Down in your luck? Tired of being curved? Sick of going out with the fellas and being the only loser without a lady? Well, I got something for you. It's called Sex Panther. Legend has it that it's made out of real bits of real panther, so you know it's good. To men, it stings the nostrils. But to women, you may as well be a slab of meat in a dog pound. And that's not all it does. You could be getting ready to see that special fox and disaster hits. No money in the budget for gas, only dinner for two. No problem. The fumes from Sex Panther can give your car 38 miles to the gallon. Sold you yet? I thought so. For $69.99, go from unlovable loser to the cock in the walk. Sex Panther. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Dummy. Yeah. We pick candidates on Monday and Friday, and then we pick the winner on that Friday show. Now, the fact that I didn't have a show yesterday because of some technical difficulties, we're now picking the winner on Saturday. So, may I have the drum roll, please? And the winner is... The Brooklyn Nets organization. The Brooklyn Nets organization are my... Because they signed up for this. <laughs> they signed up for a combination of Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. You know what this has a feeling of to me? Clippers. This has Clippers written all over it. And you know how I was dead on about the Clippers. This to me has combustible components. This may not end well why 
because you have two weird-ass dudes that are running your franchise. For a guy to say that they don't have a head coach, that anybody can be a head coach, <laughs> you have major issues. Major issues. I wouldn't trust Kyrie Irving to lead me out of traffic. <laughs> I don't want no parts of him. Just don't speak to me. If I'm your teammate, just let me talk to the coach. I don't want to talk to you, man. And the other guy, Mr. Private Secret Burner Account. I Listen, this, this team is, they're talented. They have a lot going for them. But when you got two of those guys that are actually one and two on your team, man, you have big issues. Man, you got big issues. And the Nets, I know the Nets organization. You've been desperate for a winner. But take this warning. Look what happened to the Clippers. Look what happened to those basement dwellers. They're a desperate franchise that allowed two guys that did not deserve to lead a franchise do it. And you see exactly what happened over there. Don't let the same thing happen over here. Hold these guys accountable. If they start to screw up, Make sure that you let them have it. Nets fans, do not let them off the hook. Don't let them off the hook. Kyrie Irvin is a, he's a divider. And he will look to divide your team. As Nets fans, galvanize together. Tell them, you need to shut up and just play basketball. Nobody cares about what philosophies you have or what you think the earth looks like. Anything like that. Just, just focus on your teammates not hitting you. That's what you need to do. <laughs> oh, Kyrie Irving. You have Paul George written all over you. And Nets fans, the Nets organization, please listen to me. Don't let this guy ruin your organization. Don't let him do it. He tried to do it to Boston, and they realized what they had to do. They had to cut bait. <laughs> Can you just imagine what poor Steve Nash feels like right now? He's on this team this great opportunity to be a head coach and he hears his star players say well anybody could be the head coach on this team like so what are we doing here i have never heard such buffoonery in my life in my life so nets organization you guys may be the biggest losers because you signed kyrie irvin but you're a winner for dummy of the week that's all for this week I'll see you guys on Monday for regular time. We'll be back on Monday and Friday. And, you know, I just want to um, to say something short about Bob Gibson. We lost a great man, a great baseball player, Bob Gibson. He was 84 years old. The guy was an intimidator. You know, he was the epitome of competitor. He didn't back down from anybody. He was one of my heroes, one of my great African-American leaders in sports. And, you know, the world is, is sad today, the fact that Bob Gibson is gone. So, um, as usual, I always like to leave the last word to the greats. So stay safe, stay cool, peace. One time I said, Red, uh, you pitch me against the other team's best pitcher uh, all the time. Why don't we switch that around a little bit? He said, well, if you beat them, we can sweep. I said, if they beat me, they can sweep. <laughs> 1968 for you, uh, does it define you, you think, in many ways, the 1.12? No. I, you know, I had a, a, an exceptional year that year, um, and I don't think that you can define a player by the best year he ever had. You got to kind of take a, a look at his whole career. Then you come to an average, and that's pretty much who he is. Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember one year Joe Torre hit 353 or something like that, and then the next year he was hitting 300, and he was trying to pull his hair out, even though he didn't have much hair left. He had 230 uh, hits that year. Yeah, and uh, I asked him. I says uh, he was agonizing about it, and I said, Joe, uh, answer this for me. He said, What? Well, I said, Do you really think you're a 353 hitter? Is it no? I rest my case. There you go. You brought up a great point. We were talking uh, earlier, a couple hours ago. Really, the golden era of baseball. When you look back at all those Hall of Famers from, let's say, 60 to 75, 1960 to 75, some of the greatest players ever in your era in which you pitched. Yeah, and and you, when you asked me if I was, you know, mad all the time, well, 
you get to the Hall of Fame and you look and you see all of those guys there and you say, well, no wonder I didn't get great here. I couldn't do much. They're all here. It's incredible. I was talking to one of the kids in the uh, dugout just a while ago. Luke Weaver. I, I, Weaver. I was talking to Weaver about that slide. He says, how do you hold your slider? And I showed him. And I said, well, I had two sliders. I had one that had a real tight spin. And I also had one that had a bigger spin. And I would get two strikes. There's a fly ball into right. I'd get two strikes and uh, and I throw the uh, the bigger one. I said, but now you got to be careful about that one because sometimes you hang it. And when you hang it, you know, a guy will take the TV set and he'll put it on a hole. He'll run in and grab a bat and then he'll turn it on and swing <laughs> at it. Bob Gibson is with us today. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at All Even Podcast. Listen to the show on SoundCloud. And check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to share, like, and hit that subscribe button. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.